0: This is the 3 to Win podcast, sharing optimal steps to win your day, month, and year. Your money and your life are like crossroads, and when they meet, true success can be discovered. Our Real Talk conversations are about creating fulfillment throughout your life's journey. And now, here is the Lifecotexture team.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Three to Win podcast. As always, we are excited to be here and so grateful that you have tuned in. I am Rich and I am joined by John and Matt who are going to say hi. John, say hi.
2: Hey, guys.
1: Matt. I'm say waiting hi. for you to say, what?
2: like, my esteemed
1: what? colleagues. Oh, let me start over again. Welcome to the Three to Win podcast. <laughs> I'm Richard and I'm joined by Matthew and Jonathan, both experts. Oh, don't call him Jonathan. I've made that mistake Oh, no, don't call him Jonathan. Oh, no, you did He is a
0: John. He's He's a Johnny.
1: He's a Johnny. Mr. Johnny. So, John and Matt. And when
2: I'm feeling really salty, I go by Jack Francis. (laughs) Jack Francis. It's cool, right? It's like a James Bond kind of name, but Jack Francis. No, it is not.
1: Jack Francis does not sound like a James Bond name. That sounds like a two-year-old from the 18th century.
2: That's Jack
1: Francis. Put down that wagon wheel and get over here and help your mother make butter. That's... (laughs) Ridiculous! (laughs) Oh, it's awesome. Anyway, we're so grateful you're here. So we want to talk about something. Now we have got some exciting things coming out in the future. So one thing that we have both, we have both, kind of all all three of us have kind of picked up on is you got to keep your knowledge flowing in, right? Like you got to keep the gates of knowledge open. Don't close the gates of knowledge because in this world. If if you either learn or you get burned, that's how it goes. Right. So we want to talk about some learning, some learning we want to be bringing to the world. So we've got an e-course coming out very soon about just kind of a common sense way to talk about money. You know, I always think of, you know, the, 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 all the things that people struggle with oftentimes. And, you know, I, since I'm on social media quite a bit, I see a lot of commentary and a lot of things. I, I'm involved in a lot of fundraising. I've, I've helped and been part of on TikTok, raising money for families with children with cancer, raising money for uh, a gentleman that that needed to have a heart surgery and, 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 you know, had to pay a big copay, raising money, et cetera, et cetera. And I see and I constantly get it in, in, my, in my inbox and in my messages and in my comments. Comments, you know, hey, can you help this family? Can we help this family? And, and a lot of people coming together um, to help people in need. And what it tells me is that obviously not everybody in the world's got a ton of money. And what it also tells me is that some people are, are having a tough time. But then when I get past just the charity part of it, I just think in general people struggle with money. We're raised don't talk about money. You know, don't money's private. Don't money? No, nah, no, nah, no, nah, no, nah, no. Nah. Money is the root of all evil. Yet. If you don't got it, you need it. And you you got to have money to be able to get stuff, to pay bills, to live, to to get through your world, to do what you got to do. So we've got a really exciting e-course coming out where we're going to just talk about some of the basics. One of the things that we are going to talk about in this e-course is... Something that I think everybody struggles with. So this, is, this, this podcast is going to be about money, money, money. So that's what we want to talk about. I always think about the Guns N' Roses song, right? And I think about, you, 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 guys, know, you, you guys know who Guns N' Roses is. Axel, right? yeah, okay, Axel okay. Rose, got oh, wait, it. Slash, my, thank uh, my you, idol thank growing you, up. Thank yes. you, thank you. So I always think about like that one song where, where he breaks into the middle of the song and sweet child of mine, he goes, where do we go? Where do we go now? So I always think about. That's how people look at their money. People at the end of the week, at the end of the month, they look at the bank account and they turn it to Axl Rose. You know, they're like, "Where did it go? <laughs> where did it go now?" That money just flying out the window like a like like a piece of paper when you open a window on a highway going 80 miles an hour, right? So we're gonna talk a little bit about where your money goes. Do you guys think that's an important thing to talk about? I know you do. So that's a rhetorical question, but. What do you guys want to, you know, pontificate on as yeah. far as that goes?
0: Yeah, that's a great lead into it, Rich. You know, I think the biggest thing for us is, you know, the the whole point of our money course was that we have come across so many people in our industry, in our careers, and they forget some of the most fundamental components of money, and some of the fundamentals are not the sexiest. It's not talking about stocks and bonds and these very exciting topics and Bitcoin and all these cool things. It's talking about the basics and like anything, you've got to build the foundation. And the foundation to money is knowing what is coming in and what's going out. That's the most fundamental component of it. What's coming in and you can control some of that and what's going out. You have a lot of control over that part of it. And in order to know where you're going, you have to build a budget. You gotta have that. It's the most fundamental component of financial planning. It's budget building. Yeah, how
2: often do we hear things like, well, you know, I, I make good money, I, I do pretty well, but I just don't know where it all goes at the end of the month. Like there's just, there's nothing there extra. And, and I mean, it, it really, you know, a lot of conversations we have are about long-term plan, vision planning for your retirement, all that stuff, but you can't do any of that if you don't know where your daily finances are. And, you gotta get know, micro and granular. Sometimes.
1: And listen, let me put a disclaimer because you always have a disclaimer because our society tunes into the exceptions. You know, it's constantly the exceptions, like, yeah, but I don't have this, or yeah, I get it. Okay, so we understand that there's a lot of exceptions when it comes to money. There's people who make a lot of money, there's people who don't make a lot of money, there's people who have significant financial, you know, hardship. We get that's all on the table. We understand, we understand, we understand. But it, when we're just looking at this from a tent, so I, I need you guys to, like, like, I've often heard said, relate and not compare. So so when John says, yeah, I make good money, but there's people that just compared. Well, I don't make good money. We get it. Some people don't, but relate and don't compare whether you make good money or you don't make good money, whether you're in this tax bracket or that tax bracket, whether you're making two figures, five figures, three figures, 15 figures, it doesn't matter. We're still talking about where does your money go, right? Right, 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 Matt? And yeah, and even to expand upon what you just said,
0: Rich, those that are still struggling, those that are not where they want to be financially or professionally, those are the ones that really need to spend the most time making money in the margins. It's making those small changes, those minute changes, that have a very big impact and can get you to where you want to be.
1: Can I? Can I ask, like, kind of a layperson in finance? Can I take? Can I go out and this is not planned, so I apologize, and I'm going to throw you guys a curveball here. See, John, I did a baseball. I did a baseball in it curveballs from you? baseball right or is that football right. yeah, oh no yes you got baseball. it No, you had it right, yeah. there, right? Oh, right. like a i don't know anything about sports i'm sorry i know all i know is that like michael jackson was a great basketball player no wait <laughs> michael jordan was a great basketball player mike but michael jackson and michael jordan did do a video together for that song jam space you jam. know what i'm talking about space right? Jam,
0: sure yeah, yeah space classic.
1: jam it was my jam I don't know the song. I don't know the lyrics, but I just know the video is really cool because it shows like Michael Jackson trying to teach Michael Jordan how to spacewalk and Michael Jordan trying to show Michael Jackson how to like- I think lay- you've just come up
2: with a new TikTok video idea for yourself.
1: Will not be doing
2: it. Maybe I could so, do it for my seven followers.
1: I think you should do it. I'm, well, two of your followers are right here. So the other five-
0: are, <laughs> We don't know who they are. We will definitely give you a view. So we are getting you one view.
1: Also, I'll um, have a
2: high watch rate relative to my audience. Perfect.
1: So I want to go out on a limb and ask a question that might put you guys a little bit on the spot. We hear a lot, well, we mean the public. Whenever you hear people talking about budget, I don't know why this analogy, and you know, an analogy could be so overused that it starts to get on your nerves. So please don't get mad at me because I'm sure you've heard this analogy in your industry. Here, let me say the analogy how I often hear it. If you just cut back on one latte a day, if you calculated that over a year, that's over 17 billion dollars that you would save. Three dollars and seventy-five cents. So can I ask you guys a question? Just just and I won't be offended. I really won't, but everyone's leaning into their 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 device right now to get this answer. When you talk about like in the margins, Matt, is that is that really a big part of the context? Is that a small part? Is that ridiculous? Is it not ridiculous? Is it okay to ask that? Because that's what everyone always says. That's what you always hear. These like financial gurus say. They always attack people on coffee.
0: No, I, I don't agree with that. And the reason why is I look at my own personal situation. Right? I am a um I I have a budget, but I also have hobbies. I have interests. Uh, if someone is a coffee connoisseur, then and they want really fine coffee. Can you name as- one of name one of your hobbies? Um, boating. I have a huge money pit of a boat. I don't think there's probably a bigger hobby out there that you sink more money into in a depreciating asset, an asset that's worth less I was, today I, I was or hoping more you than were to today. Say,
1: I was hoping you were to say cosplay. Like you like dressing up like... <laughs> <laughs> You want the furry animal
0: dress up? Yeah, you do that too. On, <laughs> on sorry. Our...
1: Sorry. I just yes. took this. I just took but this. But I, I, I have a passion
0: in, in marine and boating and all of those things. And that's, and guess what? How do we build our budget? We have a budget for that item. So no, I don't necessarily agree with it. Where I would agree with your comment is if your budget is to spend X on coffee and you are spending Y and that Y number is bigger than X. And then you also question why you're not meeting your financial goals some of that's right in front of you. And the question, and the, the issue that we see come up time to time is some people say, well, Matt, I have, I have a budget. I can't stick to it. Well, my next question is, how are you monitoring that? Is it a written budget or is a budget in your head? Because having it written down and tracking it on a monthly basis is, is the exercise that's needed in order to complete that task. And so I think the answer to your question is no. You can go have a latte every day of the week if you want to. Just know that if you're not meeting your financial objectives right now, that might be one area to cut out so that you can do that. But it might not be. There might be other things that you want to cut out before that because you love your Starbucks at 8 a.m. Or you do what John does and every Christmas buys the uh, $39 cup that he gets to refill for the next six months or whatever it is.
2: It's one month. I have to drink 12 months of coffee in one month and I do it. That makes
0: him happy. And as his business partner, it makes me a little scared because he's very wired up some days. But... Um. No, there's no problem with that as long as it's accounted for.
2: I think it's a self-reflection thing. So the beauty of our of our e-course is that we're not telling people <clears throat> that you need to stop spending money in different areas. We're trying to show someone a path of of their own level of accountability, whatever that is. You just need to be able to know what the budget looks like. You need to be able to see that number. And if, like Matt said, if you choose, if you're a coffee connoisseur and that's something you love... We don't need to pick on that. It's not our responsibility to tell somebody, "Hey, you need to you need to start saving this number." And to do that, you've got to cut out X, Y, Z. Because outsider looking in, that might not seem as important to me as it does to you. That thing might be really important. So who am I to come in and tell someone they need to stop spending that money? I'd rather identify, "Hey, what is what is the budget? What does it look like? And what's a good savings target?" From where you are right now. So, if somebody, the national average for saving is less than 5%, meaning, you know, someone takes what their, their gross earnings are for a month, the national average is they save about 5% of that number. And some are higher, some are lower, just depending on your personal situation. I believe, and I think Matt would probably feel that this is consistent, but depending on where you are in your life, that number needs to be probably three times that. You probably should be saving somewhere around 15% of that Stop. number.
1: So here's the thing, because I want to be the real voice of, because there's people right now, because I could see them. I could see I can see a woman driving in her car right now, and she just heard a man say, save 15%, and she just shook her head and said, seriously, there's no way, because at the end of the week or at the end of my pay week or whatever, between this and the kids and this and the bills and da, 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 how do I do that? So What's the, because here's, can I just say something? I think that budget, we hear budget, like we hear diet, right? Like people hear like, I'm going on a diet. And I can tell you as someone who's into fitness, that that's like the worst thing that you can ever say to anybody because they automatically diet and budget are the same thing. And what we're saying, what, what, how I hear you saying this, John, is if you were talking about diet, you would be saying, we're not telling you, you need to eat beets. We're not telling you this, this is the food you need to eat what we're telling you is we need to find out what foods you need to eat to help you to be healthy. Cause for everybody, it's different. Some people do really great in a low carb diet. Some people do really poorly. Some people do really awesome on, you know, like, you know, fasting and not eating till noon or eating between 12 and seven. Some people don't do so well with that because if you've got diabetes, if you've got certain GI issues, sometimes that doesn't work. So diet isn't what we're talking about. We're talking about healthy eating. Budget is the word that we're using, but we're talking about an intelligent and a different way of looking at, using, and approaching your money. Is that, is that safe to sure. say?
2: Yeah. And if somebody made a goal for themselves that they wanted to lose 40 pounds at the beginning of the year, that's a pretty lofty goal. And you're already like setting yourself up for failure if you don't have the tactical ways to try to accomplish that. And I'm not saying that And the the next statement that I was going to say is it relates back to the 15% thing. I'm not saying someone needs to go from wherever they are to 15% overnight. That's the long-term goal. Just like losing 40 pounds is the long-term goal. Now we just need to talk about, well, how will you get there? It's not my job to tell you, you have to do these things, but you know, our course will hopefully enlighten somebody to see like, you know what? I've at least identified the fact that I'm saving six and a half percent of my income or two and a half percent of my, whatever that number is. I've at least identified that number. And now let's create some other like micro shorter term goals. How do we go from two and a half to three and a half percent? Cause that's much that that's doable. That's like in a month you say, you know, you're not going to lose 40 pounds, but your goal might be to lose three
1: or four pounds in a healthy way over the next month. So it's about knowledge and and it's about knowledge. And for those of us of a certain generation that used to watch the G.I. Joe cartoons, G.I. Joe would always say, and knowing is half the battle. So it's kind of starting off with just knowing where you are. So don't freak out when John just said if you find out you're saving 5% that number needs to be 3 times that don't don't crash your car into a wall. We're not saying on Monday you found out you're doing 5% and on your next paycheck you need to take 15% out of it and put that away in savings. What we're saying is it starts with knowing where you're at so that you can build. It starts with looking in the mirror for a fitness standpoint and saying, wow, I don't like the way my arms look. That doesn't mean you go to the gym that day and your arms are going to, your biceps are going to grow four inches. That means you then begin to develop a program whereby you can get fit to the point that your arms start to pop out of your shirt. Or if you wanted to lose weight, gain weight, whatever, I'm just using a, a visual analogy. But um, that, that's what you're trying to say, right, John?
2: Absolutely. Yep.
1: So when when we think about this e course, one of the other things that we want to talk about, and and Matt already talked touched on the foundations of a budget, but but we also are going to talk about making good financial decisions. Give an example of a very brief, simple bad financial decision that many people make that we want to talk about, or or, or could be a good financial decision. What's something? And maybe Matt, you can jump in on this. What is a just just a easy bad decision versus good decision that someone could make, and I'm, I'm assuming this, that maybe even could implement in the short term?
0: I would say some of the things that I've seen common is impulsively making a very large purchase without thinking about it, such as saying, today I want a new car, so I'm going to walk on the new car lot, and I'm just going to buy myself a brand new vehicle. I've seen that happen so many times, not only just regret that you didn't put enough research in, but also not doing the research on how much you pay for it, and what's the right way to pay for it, in leasing versus Renting or leasing versus owning, and there's a lot of things that go into it. So I think um, one idea of uh, or one way to make good financial decisions is to think about a large purchase before actually going and doing it. I love that, John.
2: Do you have one or? Well, mine does actually tie into that, but it's it's around it's centered around consumer debt. You know, we use credit cards. Um, we're, We're just we're our society is so built on the idea that we don't save up for something and then buy it. We just put it on a credit card. We we buy a car and we finance it for the next 5 years and we pay a monthly payment. We're so ingrained in that idea and a little bit more micro to what he said, but just your day-to-day decisions, you spend money on a credit card, you're disconnected from that purchase and so just be mindful of that. Like we don't want to in 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 a perfect world and I understand not everybody can do this, but it's something to work towards is not carrying a balance on your credit card. You are paying 13 to 18 to 23% to, uh, you know, a company to carry a balance on a card. And so, you know, for me, for me, it would be that it'd be focusing on strategies, not to carry credit card. Debt.
1: You know, you know what my example of bad financial decisions and I'll, I'll just hold up a mirror to myself is retail therapy. And I know it's a joke, oh. ha, ha ha but honestly, if I, if I'm just being completely transparent, I, you know, there are times that like I go to target to get shaving cream, deodorant, razors, and toothpaste. And I walk out with like a Deaf Leopard t-shirt, and you know I just showed them my Deaf Leopard t-shirt that I literally bought yesterday. Um, I walk out with a Deaf Leopard t-shirt. I walk out with oh, let me buy the kids this, or you know, oh Bryce, you know, you know Matt's son Bryce would love this. Or I saw this Pokemon thing, and and it, it comes from a good place. And sometimes I get that little rush and that little feel I'm not, cra- I don't go crazy crazy, but I I do realize that as I've started to utilize the very program that I'm going to be kind of presenting based on the teachings and the learnings that I've I've received from Matt and John, I'm starting to hold up the mirror and go, holy moly, like these are bad financial decisions. Even though I can afford the $12.99 t-shirt, it builds up over time. So I think for a lot of us, there's that. And And for me, what I've tried to do is when I go and I need the retail therapy, I try to get... I try to get the high by window shopping or you know, it's kind of like I, I try to walk around and just like look at stuff and like kind of hang out with it, but not necessarily buy it, Matt. Yeah, but I don't think you're They're the only one doing that.
0: I mean, we right. are certified financial planners and I have Amazon up on my one of my three or five <laughs> screens in my office. It happens, <laughs> but here's the difference. we, I know that I'm going to spend X amount on things that I want to buy for me or for the family on, on, on that. And so we just have that set aside. We know that during the month, we spend X amount of dollars in there. And if we're at the 25th of the month and we've hit that amount, I know that until uh, you know the new month comes around and payroll comes back in, that, I, that I can, and it, but I can do that. I can go over that amount, but what's going to be the net impact to the family? That means right. we're not going to so, get our savings goals for that month. So I can so, do it, right. but I choose not to because I want to, I, I, I get the bigger rush out of seeing the savings in the place that it should be versus that product that once I get it, I can't tell you how many times I bought things on Amazon. I'm so excited. I wait for the guy to pull up. I get it. And I'm like, all right, I got it.
2: That takes a lot of of discipline, Matt. It does.
0: Yeah. And it's taken years of practice to be able to do that because you do get the rush for buying something. That that is natural feeling. What you're feeling is very natural. It is. but But if you have a savings goal or if you have something that is competing with that, now in the back of your mind, you say, okay, do I really need that widget? Do I really need that Def Leppard shirt? Or boy, I'm going to be able to add an additional $12.99 to our savings account this month. That, that makes me feel good.
1: You just said something really important. And yes, I did need this Def Leppard shirt. But you did say something that was that's very important that I've not heard you say before. That I, Literally, this could be the most important thing that has been said on this podcast or any of our podcasts ever. You have to have something that competes with it. You, the high that you get from the purchase of my, my stupid Def Leppard t-shirt, does that, okay, it's like, it, it's using the, the silly fitness example again, the high that I might get eating a Snickers bar, and, and I feel great when I eat a Snickers bar, at least when I'm eating it, afterwards, I don't feel so great. But the high that I get from the Snickers bar, is that equal to the high that I feel when i put on a pair of pants that i couldn't fit in two weeks ago and now like they're kind of loose on me or the high that i get when i'm brushing my teeth after i get out of the shower my wife walks in she goes damn your back looks good bro you have you been working your back a lot like you know what it's almost like realigning what what we're getting getting excited about what where our quote high comes from and and i think that's about creating accountability. And that's another thing that we're gonna be talking about in the e-course is creating a a, a way, when I used to be a personal trainer and I'd have clients that wanted to lose weight, I would have them write inspirational or motivational um, quotes or or notes to themselves. And I'd have them put them in places where they would go when they would wanna cheat on their eating program or their healthy eating ideas. So in the pantry, in the refrigerator. And I'd have grown people, I had people with PhDs, I had physicians, I had br- lawyers, I mean, smart, educated people, in addition to people who maybe weren't formally educated, but were successful people in their world. And they told me that that little note did more for them than almost anything. Because when they would open up the cupboard, or they'd open up the refrigerator, and they would see the, the quote uh, about being better or never giving up or whatever it was, that was a form of them holding, that was them, their, their future self. Okay. Listen to this, their future self talking to them in the moment, like, Hey, I'm the fit in shape, healthy person that you're going to be in five months, six months from now. So I'm just reminding you like bail on the Oreos. Let the, let, let the kids have them as their dessert. I know they're in the, in the, in the pantry, but here's this note is that. So How to stick to it, to to know where it's at, to to have a fundamental, to have an idea. And what, what Matt said, which is to create something that competes with the high of that purchase, I think is so key to the success of this. Would you guys agree that accountability as it relates to your finances is important?
2: It's probably the most important thing. Cause it's what ends up creating the discipline habits for you to have long-term success with your money. And, you know, our, our course in a, in a lot of ways, the course that we're going to be doing has those, those little, those notes, those sticky notes that you're talking about for fitness. It has that built into it to help people with their accountability. It's, do you think habits, do you think one. habits
1: are, do you think habits are key?
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: And how, what do we, what do we often hear in research? Don't we hear it takes 20, I want to say, and I'm, I apologize if I'm making saying this wrong. Isn't it 21 days? I think so.
2: I've heard that 21 days number. to create a habit, right? It's
1: some number. So let's, yeah. let's make it 30 just to round it up. Cause our society is a little different now, but let's say it takes 30 days to create a habit. So if you said for 30 days, I'm going to do push-ups, sit-ups and lunges for 30 days, or for 30 days, I'm going to give up diet Coke and I'm going to drink water or for 30 days, I'm going to sit down on the floor with my child for a minimum of 15 to 30 minutes and look them in the eye and engage with them. Or for 30 days, I'm going to every day do one or two things that my significant other doesn't like doing around the house, like emptying the dishwasher or folding the laundry. And for 30 days, I'm going to be deliberate about doing that. Imagine if for 30 days, you decided to make certain decisions and some of which we're going to share in our in our e-course, certain decisions around a budget or a different way of thinking about money or, or, or accountability or making different decisions. Imagine if for 30 days, if you could create habits that supported your accountability, imagine what you can do. So even if you're making $13 an hour or you're making $400 an hour, imagine if you could create this 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 situation where you've created habits that give you competition, something to compete with your desire to spend money in a way that doesn't, in the big picture, help your life. I mean, that's that's what this is going to be about. And what we want to do is we want to fundamentally change how people think about money, and we want to fundamentally change how people can simplify their lives to the point that they are the master of their money and their money is not the master of them that we change and that we help people find where it goes. Because when you know where your money goes, then you know where you're going because where your money goes is where you're going. You know, you got your mind on your money and your money on your mind. That's not a stupid thing. <laughs> That's actually kind of a smart thing because you know it is money. Everything. No but is it a big contributor to our wellness? Is it a big contributor to our security? Is it a big contributor to our ability to to be able to be successful and go certain places and have certain experiences? Yes. Most of all, is, is money something that people worry about? Yes. So we want to create a system that helps people worry less about their money so that they can focus on what's more important, their health, their loved ones, and being a better person and their success, however you define success. You guys agree with that? Amen, brother. Perfect, Rich. So, so listen, we want to wrap this up, keep it short and sweet, but please look forward to this. Um, we don't have a, a hard deadline for when this is going to come out, but it is going to be coming out either by the end of this year or very, very early in 2021. It is going to be something that I think is, is going to be both affordable and I think it's also going to give you a return on investment. Whatever you spend on it, you're gonna make back probably within the first few months of just putting it into practice. And what could be better? I mean, would you spend $10 to make 50? Yeah, you would. Would you spend $50 to make 500? Yes, you would. Would you spend 500 to make 50,000? Heck yeah. So me and my Deaf Leopard t-shirt that I now feel a little ashamed that I bought, but I will wear it forever. I will never throw it away. Um, we want to say thank you, my shirt and I. And so Matt and John, thank you guys for spending time um, with me and and uh, from, from all of us here at Three to Win. We're grateful for you. We hope you have a beautiful rest of your week. But most of all, I want to ask one favor. Please share this podcast with people that you love. Share this information with people that you care about. And feel free to reach out to us. Our emails are very e- e- easy. It is rich at the number three to win dot co co matt m a t t at the number 3 sorry the number 3 i got all choked up cuz i love matt and matt at the number 3 2 win t o w i n co or john j o h n not jonathan at 3 the number 3 2 win co until the next time take care of yourself be well and we'll talk to you soon
0: thanks for listening Three to Win is a podcast for the high-achieving self-starter that understands there has got to be a better way to maximize their potential. You can help us create impact by sharing this with a friend or rating and reviewing our podcast.